Hello and welcome to episode 32 of The Grocery Guru. We are here with that guru, that is Andrew Grant. Andrew, how are you? Morning, Darren. Yes, very well. Enjoying this lovely, lovely weather we're having. We are having lovely weather. So, now, lovely weather. Moving on to regulatory stuff. There's a lot going on in the media right now. The grocer and others. And I think you're going to tell us all about it. Yeah, no, it's, uh, we always try to keep up with what's happening out there in, in, in grocery world. Um, and this week is quite interesting. Um, you know, you, you feel sorry for the politicians sometimes, or maybe you shouldn't. But, um, you know, they go from he hero to zero in the flick of a, you know, in the, in the flick of a, uh, a finger. Um, I think with this government, it's been the other way around. They go from uh, zero being blamed for the whole pandemic. Um, <laughs> even though I don't think it was quite their fault, um, to now suddenly being heroes because of the success of the vaccine rollout. And the flip of that is the grocers, as we've been reporting for the last 30 odd episodes, I mean, they really pulled out every stop during the pandemic. <clears throat> you know, they kept the nation fed, they kept us safe, they've spent gazillions on, you know, uh, repurposing their stores, et cetera. And, you know, what happens the minute we're now seeing light at the end of the tunnel of the, um, uh, the pandemic, uh, Morrison shareholders veto David Potts's um, bonus. I'm sure a very well-earned bonus. <laughs> but yesterday, 70% of the shareholders vetoed his bonus uh, for all the hard work that they praised him for during the pandemic. And then the grocery code adjudicator, uh, Mark Davis, the, the new kid on the block, Mark White. Um, uh, sorry, Mark White. Sorry, yes, Mark White. Where did Mark Davis come from? Mark White. Um, yeah, he published his um, annual uh, supplier survey. Yeah. Um, praising Sainsbury's for topping Aldi to the top of the tree. Um, so ever, ever since the survey's been done, Aldi have been top of the tree. Uh, Sainsbury's number one this year, 97% compliance, wow. according to suppliers, yep. with the code. So, um, well done, Sainsbury's. That's very, very good to top uh, Aldi. As you say, they've been top of the tree for a very long time. I sense a buck coming. I was just going to say, but um, Mark is now, uh, with the same breath, um, almost the same press release, he announces he's um, concerned about Sainsbury's range reset, having heard from a number of suppliers about allegedly code um non-code compliant practices yes. um so uh, yeah sainsbury's are doing a, a range reset um most of the retailers have post pandemic because as we've been talking about you know shopping habits have changed yes um, of course they yeah but uh, yeah he's been approached by a number of sainsbury's suppliers um alleging that sainsbury's are giving very short notice of d-lists and I can't quite believe this number, but it's it's in the press, it's black and white, um, asking for up to 20% of a supplier's sales turnover as a um, range reset or business fee. And, and I read that too, 20%. So if you are a five million pound supplier in sales, you need to hand over one million pound as a lump sum to keep your business. Well, it's more than that. If you think of some of Sainsbury's biggest branded suppliers, and you know you can name us as well as me, they will have hundred million pound businesses. 
Are they really going to hand over 20 million quid? I don't think they're, so. they're not. They don't make the profit of 20 million quid on it. So that's an odd one. And I'm not quite sure whether that's based in a single single small supplier. I suspect it is. I don't yeah, I mean, you know, you, you can remember back to our day. I mean, you know, in, in a in a industry where the margins are sub five percent, yeah, you're lucky to get one or two percent, yeah, and then you think you've been very successful or been pushing it. So, yeah, I I find that twenty very very strange. I I do. So, what do you think will happen over the next coming weeks in terms of Mark and the Sainsbury's and suppliers? Can you can you predict? Yes. Well, obviously, I mean, you know, now, now, you know, now Mark has gone public saying he has a concern. I imagine the floodgates will open, yeah. um, and you can imagine the, you know, the the poor old buyers in Hoban sort of, you know, hunkering down, going through every single email they've sent in the last six months, and you know, um, worrying. I guess um, yeah. uh, they're they're doing their job, um, but obviously the code is there for a reason. Um, but it is very, very strange, isn't it, that Sainsbury's get voted, you know, 97% compliance. Um, and yet all of a sudden there's a problem. And, and um, what do you think we'll see from Sainsbury's? Yes, they're hunkering down. They're trying to make sure they're absolutely watertight. They're probably not in some places. They're going to have a chat with Mark. What else is going to happen? Suppliers, range reset, do you think? Um, I don't think it will stop. Sainsbury's in what they're doing. I think, you know, the, the language will be a lot more careful. Um, uh, I'm sure the, the legal team will be working overtime with the commercial department, but I, I don't think it will change. It's, I mean, it's business. Um, uh, but it is interesting, isn't it, that, um, you know, I'm just trying to find the figure here. I think only 6% in the, in the grocery code survey, I think only 6% of suppliers said they had a problem with um, any of the named retailers. Um, the lowest since, yeah, the lowest since the uh, survey's been done. Um, and the only issue that had increased was um, payments for better positioning of products. Right. Okay. Which, sort of, which sort of speaks to range reset, actually. Yeah. So... No, interest, interesting. It's going to be interesting to um, to watch it over the next few weeks and months. What what happens? Because obviously, you know, Mark's what six months in. Yeah. Pa past his classic hundred days. Um, you know, if if I was him, I'd be wanting to make a bit of a mark for myself. Um, Mark makes so a mark. <laughs> mark making a mark. Yes. See what you did there. Um, yes. Is is this his opportunity? So let's um, step back. What do you think is happening to our industry? Are we getting more regulated? We're becoming more compliant. We're accepting this stuff, although it's taken us 10 years for it to come in and the code to become effective. What do you think is happening and going to happen? <coughs> well, I think this is, you know, we've talked about it in previous episodes, though. The, we're moving into a new normal. Um, you know, the supermarkets for all their success during the pandemic are now having to live with the, you know, the reverse of that. Yeah. So, you know, they're having to live with, you know, last year's massive sales peaks. Um, and even though we've got the football coming up and they'll sell a lot of beer this weekend, um, I don't think that's going to make up for, you know, a whole nation being locked down and ordering, you know, basically only having the grocers to shop in. 
Um, so quite naturally, you know, they're, they're commercial beasts. They make, as we've said before, very, very, you know, in the face of it, um, very, very low profits, 2p in the pound, uh, typically. Um, you know, they're having to work with their suppliers. I think that's the phrase to, to use, work with their suppliers to, you know, um, move themselves on commercially. So, you know, on the flip of that, you've got suppliers who've equally been impacted by the pandemic. Yep. You know, they may have seen very healthy volumes as the retailers did, but massive costs to keep going during the pandemic. <clears throat> Brexit costs, labour problems, as we talked about last, last week, a, a perfect storm of cost, cost increases. Um, and so you've got those two immovable objects coming together. Retailers needing more money this side, and suppliers are needing cost price increases this side. It's going to be tension, and that's probably what Mark has, yeah, has been picking up. Um, and, but, and do, you, do you think we will see more backlash, more investigation, more suppliers reporting on supermarkets of their practices over the last year as they've had to wrestle with the pandemic and deal with stuff at speed? Yeah, I, I, said, I, think, I think it's you know, a bit like my politics analogy in, in reverse that we started with is, you know, everybody hunkered down, be it suppliers or retailers. And, you know, they, they kept the nation fed and fair play to them. Um, now, obviously, we're getting back to some semblance of normality. Um, people are looking to, you know, to um, leverage an advantage, improve their position, whatever phrase you want to use. Um, and so I think there will be more noise around this. Um, I think you look at that survey and say that, you know, whether it's Sainsbury's or Co-op or Aldi, you know, 90 plus percent compliance with the code is, is pretty good. I think the lowest, I think the very lowest Iceland was 90%. Right. Um, so that's the thing, you know, that's from the supplier's own mouths. It's a, it's a completely confidential survey, so they've got nothing to um, worry about. And so the suppliers are saying that the supermarkets are incredibly compliant. So I think it's I think it's around the edges. There's always going to be, if you have a range reset, there's going to be losers. Um, those those losers may feel, rightly or wrongly, that you know they've um, they've they've lost out as a result of some regulatory mishap. Um, I'd be surprised if it becomes a you know, big major news item. I think it. I think it's. I think it's the noise caused by the natural friction of negotiation. That's quite a good phrase. Oh, that's a good phrase. All right, one last question for you, Andrew. Um, thinking about the survey, how many supply supply agreements are there in place now? Because it was running around one in two. What is it now? Yeah. I don't know if you've got ahead of me on this press release because it is only a press release rather than the full details of the survey. Right. Um. I don't think it's mentioned in there. Um, obviously, for us, the interesting thing that we always look at is what percentage of suppliers said they've had training yes. on the code, because it was less than half, to my, just less than half to my memory. Um, that would be in the main body of the survey when it's published. This, this was just a, a press release yesterday. Okay. So well, maybe we come back with, in a couple of weeks' time. We'll come back to that. You're right. We'll come back on two things. How many supplier, what percentage of suppliers have written supply agreements? That's absolutely critical for them because yeah. then you get more adherence to the code. And the second part is how many have had training, how many understand it. While suppliers aren't bound by the code, we would like to help suppliers to understand it so that they can help their buyers.
players. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Okay. Just before we go, what's your final takeaway for our viewers out there? I think it's, um, you know, if, if what we've been talking about for the last 10 minutes, Grocery Code Adjudicator and GSCOP has been, what on earth are they talking about? Um, and you're a supplier, um, find out because it is, you know, um, the Groceries Code is a very genuine piece of protection for suppliers, but it's not automatic, if that makes sense. You know, it's only if suppliers uphold their rights do they get those rights if they either through ignorance or whatever um don't know what gscop is then they won't be protected very true andrew you enjoy the rest of the day thank you for your guruing and we'll see you next week bye bye okay.